Will Fitzmagic dazzle in the nation's capital? Can Chase Young in this sizzling defense voice avoid regression and smother opponents once again uh, in 2021? In fact, could it be the offense rather than the defense that carries this team into back-to-back division championships? Uh, so let's hit the opening bell and preview the Washington football team. Welcome, Kings, to this edition of the Not Your Daddy's Sports Betting Podcast and live stream presented by Sportfolio Kings, the future of plus EV sports betting research where we leverage fundamental handicapping, data science, and Wall Street-style portfolio management principles to help make you a sharper, more informed, better. It is preseason 2021. We're heading into training camp, just kicking off. And over the course of the summer, we're going to be diving into all 32 teams, previewing their uh, 2021 season paths, reevaluating how they performed in 2020, then also providing our market expectations for you on a go-forward basis, providing you our preliminary analyses, some of our predictions uh, as we head into week one. So let's talk some Washington football team football. Uh, heading so let's start off by looking back at 2020 uh set the foundation uh and when there was very depressed expectations for washington going in to 2020 so the estimated vegas wins was just five uh they uh outperformed that going seven and nine last year winning the nfc east uh which was you know obviously one of the worst divisions in football Many expect to be one of the worst in football again in 2021. Uh, average margin of victory, positive, uh, 0.4. Average cover, quite positive, in fact, plus almost four points. Mm. Uh, Realized strength of schedule, eighth. So it was a tough uh, uh, schedule last year. Still able uh, to overcome a lot of, again, a kind of heating theme within the NFC East for sure is injuries. Hmm. And uh, for Washington, th- those injuries were concentrated within uh, the quarterback position, easily one of the most important positions in all football. And nonetheless, we're still able to uh, win a sufficient amount of games, go nine and seven against the spread and make it into the playoffs. What are your some some of your thoughts from uh, Washington last year? Yeah, and I know that people, not everyone can see the chart if you're listening to on the pod, but, you know, the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, the market was not high on Washington. And obviously, you know, it went, what, they went three and four. But it, it seems like Washington, from last year's perspective, the market was not high on, and they had low expectations. They did not buy into them. And... That's why there was value to be had as they got situated towards the middle of the season. Because I believe last year was Ron Rivera's first year, right? I'm not mistaken. You know, obviously yes. my timelines are off. You know, so maybe it took, you know, it took the team a little while to get situated because they started with Haskins, giving him one more shot and he failed miserably. And, you know, then they moved on once Alex Smith got healthy and, you know, they put in Kyle Allen, he got hurt. So, you know, they, they really were trying to find themselves last year. And 
once they did in a weak division, they reeled off five covers in a row, uh, you know, obviously made the playoffs, played actually the Bucks pretty well in the playoffs. You know, the, the final score might be, I think they covered two, but you know, they played tough. You know, the defense kept them in the game long enough that if they had any good out offensive output, uh, they might've been in that game to the very end and had a chance to pull, pull the upset. So, you know, I do think from a macro standpoint, as it stands today, Ron Rivera is the best head coach in this division which does say a lot because we talk a lot about foundational kind of systemic pros and cons. And, and he, you know, he's got a lot of like personal respect from his team because of what he's gone through recently. So like, there's a lot of just positives that Ron Rivera brings to a team, I think. And so in his second year, I understand why Brett may be a little more bullish than I. My concern is still with this offense, you know, so the defensive regression may come um, but yeah, we'll get to that. But just from last year's expectations, you know, once they got situated, Ron Rivera put on a great coaching um, foray, I guess you could call it. And with four different quarterbacks, kept his team together after going one and five. And they ascended to capturing the division and playing tough in the playoffs with their fourth string quarterback. That's, that is impressive. You, I don't know. You can't really spin it any other way. So. but you don't seem sufficiently impressed and because the, i feel like I think the that's market unjustified. i feel like the market is like more excited about this year than i am no but maybe but again, i am the market we're, we're, i feel like you're glossing over talk to me talk me into the it. real turmoil that this team went through the first half of the season not just getting situated right this team basically didn't have a quarterback best case scenario uh all season okay so the first half of the season they had dwayne haskins as their starting quarterback who in my opinion is not shouldn't even be in the league he's fighting and for he's a third starting for them he's fighting for a third string qb position i think for the steelers this offseason yeah. by the way and it's only a matter of time before he's not in the league. He's a complete idiot. I mean, again, I, th I think I mentioned in a, in a previous mod, he doesn't just have a low football IQ. He has just a generally low IQ. Uh, again, after uh, various performances last season, you know, going to a strip club after a loss, you know, uh, being pictured like not wearing a mask and things of this sort and just bonehead decisions that clearly reflect that you're you're so out of touch tone deaf and uh, uh, are just contextually unaware that your decision making in life much less on the field is just so poor uh, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't even make it through the whole season on the team, you know, uh, was cut, you know, in, in, in like week 16 or, or 17. That, that, so the that, first... that is an indictment, by the way. So, so all the, you know, the ancillary stuff, maybe he's young figuring stuff out, but the kind of nail in the coffin kind of proving your thesis correct is Ron Rivera, Mr. Who started the preseason saying, 
I believe in Haskins. I want to give him a shot. I want to, you know, give him the best opportunity, and he did. Ron Rivera, Mr. You know, coming out of the doldrums of hell to prove everyone wrong and survive cancer, was like, get get this kid the fuck out of here. Like that's no, and there, that was, is, there was that's some... how toxic he was to the organization. Yes. That's an indictment. And and there was some broader franchise level, like senior level kind of commitment to Haskins over the first half of the season to where, cause even over the off season in the preseason, Rivera was never, you know, clearly did not buy into Haskins being their franchise quarterback, but there was some other kind of string pulling that says, nope, we got to give Haskins another chance. And he basically torpedoed their season, the first half of the year. And then you bring in Alex Smith, who did not play well. He literally, all he did was just made sure that he wasn't going to be the reason, the quarterback position was not going to be the reason that they lost games anymore. So it was going to be, all right, can we just not turn the ball over? Can we run the ball? Can we just pass the ball sufficiently down the field? I mean, Alex Smith's like average depth target was one of the lowest in the entire league. Uh, you know, he was very skittish. I mean, great, great. He came back from that, you know, hideous injury a couple years back. Um, and then in, in between that, of course, you know, they had Kyle Allen for a little bit and he did play well, but then he got injured as well. Um, you know, this constant kind of quarterback rotation over the course of the year, like you mentioned, they played four different quarterbacks. Haskins, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Tyler Heineke. And then again, Dwayne Haskins again showed up again in the in the latter half of the year because Kyle Allen was hurt, because Alex Smith got hurt. And he proceeded to lose them another few games at the end of the season. This team, I feel like, again, if you just don't have, if Alex Smith would have just played the whole year, I think this team could have went 10 and six. Minimum. And... Therefore, now you're not just having a bad quarterback in Haskins. You're not having a, all right, I'm just not going to ruin the game for us at quarterback like Alex Smith. Now you have it's magic, magic. who can actually sling the ball, who can actually take advantage of Terry McLaurin streaking Ooh. down the field. Who can actually stretch the offense that can provide space for someone like Antonio Gibson, who played awesome last year. And then he got hurt down the end, down the stretch of last season. So he missed some games there and they were still able to overcome that. Just, you know, we talked about all the things that teams like the Cowboys, the Eagles couldn't overcome. Washington the resiliency to overcome a lot of these injuries. McLaurin, he missed like three, four games last year and was banged up even when he was playing. So they went through a lot of issues themselves. And then again, especially at the quarterback positions, of course. Yeah. But I think, you know, again, Rivera instituted a strong culture. Scott Turner, you know, 
first year as office coordinator for the team showed a lot of upside. You know, he showed his play calling could adapt to whoever was particularly calling the plays, uh, uh, who, you know, was calling the plays at the helm at, in, in any given week. I'm extremely impressed with what Washington did last year and the moves that they've made over the course of this season, of the off season, going into next year. I'm extremely bullish on this team and they are, I have a lot of conviction that they're going to win the division again in 2021. Yeah, and, and I think we can get there um, in a couple more minutes, but real quick to touch on last year, obviously I think the offense is gonna improve just by having Fitzmagic and some more weapons and Scott Turner having another year. Um, so I don't think there's much to pull away from any kind of general stats from last year. As far as defense is concerned though, you know, obviously it was one of the best defenses in the league. Maybe you could argue the best defense. Um, the red zone scoring was second in the NFL, which is really good. I mean, that like, obviously if you can hold people to field goals and, you know, get turnovers and, and your own end type stuff is, is where you can really win games. Um, sack percentage was fourth. Obviously they have one of the best, you know, front sevens in the NFL. Um, you know, and points was fifth, so, you know, only gave up 21 points a game. And that, and that to me is obviously probably going to stay around the same this season. So to your point, I, again, I don't really have a good bearish case against the, uh, Washington. It's just, I'm just concerned that that Fitzmagic is not magic when he's supposed to be magic, if that makes sense. In that, you know, I was I was doing some uh, additional reading and does he actually fit this team and culture and scheme or does he actually like jar it like you know make it off balance because he's off balance like to me he fit the dolphins because they were they were the one win team that he was on and then like he's the starting quarterback and like he's like showing the world that they can make it like the, the little brother showing the big brother the patriots that they're better than them like yay like that to me is nah. magic it's nah. it, it's reminiscent of when he was with the bucks when he came in for winston when winston was out the first few weeks off oh, it's and that's what fit when fitz magic got coined but that like, yeah but i think th it, is that but is that going to happen for 17 weeks because it, it never it, has that's it, why he's played for 10 maybe games. maybe it doesn't I think they have sufficient backups, first of all, because they have, still have Kyle Allen, still have Tyler Heineke. So sufficient, even if they have somewhat of a rotating quarterback scheme, it's better than the the rotating quarterback scheme yeah, sure. of Haskins and Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah, it's better. And You're right. from, I think Fitzmagic does fit well into this offense. I think Scott, he is going to mesh much better with a play caller like Scott Turner than he did with a play caller like Chan Gailey or the Dolphins. Dolphins did not use a lot of play action, did not use a lot of pre-snap motion. Scott Turner does like to leverage those types of things. And Fitzmagic actually has put, put together some of his best numbers when they did use play action, when they did use pre-snap motion. The thing is, they just didn't call it a lot. Yeah. Washington did call that a lot more so, but they just didn't even have the quarterbacks who could necessarily take advantage of it to the same extent that someone like Fitzmagic could. And again, just being able to stretch the defense 
is going to help open up, you know, being able to take advantage of, again, someone like Antonio Gibson. And, and I agree with your point. I, all I'm saying with Fitzmagic is the fact that he is still called Fitzmagic, which is obviously a play on that Bucks when he wore the Deshaun Jackson chain and was ripping, you know, 500 yards for a couple games. Yeah, yeah. Is is we call him Fitzmagic because we still don't believe it. Like and like it's a it's a it was a joke at first, but now it's become the norm because it's still almost like we can't get over that this is happening. So the so I guess what we have to figure out and be clear on is who is Fitzpatrick? Is he Fitzmagic? Is that who he is? Is that like in his DNA like once or twice like a year? Or is he the, the old Bills Fitzpatrick from like 2008 or whenever the hell he played for the Bills? Like, where is where is he really? Because even last year, Dolphins did. I know they were you know they have young blood Tua and wanted to pass the reins, but they they were looking for ways to get out of Fitzpatrick because they knew he wasn't the future, which I understand. But they had a chance to make the playoffs last year, and and they still were like, eh, let's give it to Tua, eh, let's give it to Tua. Is that is that? No, but they remember they'd bring in Fitzmagic to basically close game because Tua wasn't good, like or it wasn't good enough in, in those spots. But the fact that you're in a playoff hunt and you're like, eh, let's go away from the guy who gives us a better chance to win to go to Tua, uh, like to no, me, but because again, that's that was just broader. But, again, but then, that, that's. But, but then did he play better because? He excels in that kind of underdog, low expectation role, like we talked about on the uh, Eagles pod, because that is kind of true. It's kind of like psych eval of people that perform better when they're underestimated than when they're overestimated. And might that be part of Fitzpatrick's kind of cerebral makeup is like, he's so smart and he's got enough arm talent that yeah, when he's not expected to do well, like that's when he's dangerous. But once he's the top dog, which this season he is, now the expectation is you lead the quarterback room. You know what to do every play. You can't just shoot from the hip because there's, like, you're the guy. And again, there's a reason why he's played for 12 teams or whatever. I'm just I'm just wondering, is he actually the solution or is this a little bit like Ron Rivera thinking like, well, we need someone, so let's get Fitzpatrick and hopefully it works for this year until we figure out what our long-term plan is which again it might work with the defense you know they're going to be a little bit better in offense no matter what this year but i mean my, my bullish thesis is not dependent on fitz magic so like the fact that you're so focused on whether or not how his performance specifically is going to play out not relevant it's it's only a sliver because if you put in Taylor Heineke, I'm still bullish. If you put in Kyle Allen, I'm still bullish. Why? Because they're not Dwayne Haskins. Why? Because they're not Alex Smith. And they were still able to achieve what they were able to with those two quarterbacks playing 16 of the 17 or playing 15 of the 16 regular season games. That's fair. And I think with even if the defense regresses, which you have to imagine it does just because these were some, you know, blowout numbers last year. Fine. The defense regresses a bit. But the offense is not going to be 25th in points. 
it's not going to be 29th in giveaways. It's not going to be 24th in sack percentage. Because it's not Haskins throwing three picks a game and getting sacked. Because again, he's not he was not a mobile quarterback either, yeah. just making poor decisions. And you're not Alex Smith, who's again a statue in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. And kind of again, his always his first his first look is a dump off. I, I will say, I, I will say this. Of the four teams in the NFC East, to your point, the Washington is definitely the most cohesive situated, um, not going to shoot themselves in the foot type team in this division, which in a bad division that does shoot themselves in the foot a lot is Mm -hmm. definitely a plus EV sign. So to your point, again, I I get the bull, the, uh, sorry, the bullish case for Washington in general. I'm just caveating in the preseason to see if I can dig into an angle that says, "Wait, wait, wait, let's pump the brakes here. But you know, the sure. more you, the more you talk that's, about that's it, totally fair. You definitely want you want to do that. I just don't see. Um, I mean, again, so who, who's got the best head coach? Would you say again in yeah. the in the East? Well, I mean, Ron Rivera. I don't best offensive coordinator. I mean, yeah, definitely probably between Scott Turner and yeah, that's to be determined mm-hmm. with the with the Eagles. <laughs> but, so okay, a question mark? Like you have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can say defense. Um, well, I mean, it's definitely Washington. I mean, maybe Giants. I'm I'm actually a bit more bearish on Giants defense than I am Washington's mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. So. And then you know, again, one-two punch at wide receiver with McLaurin and now Curtis Samuel. Um. Yeah. I, I do like Terry McLaurin. He's a very good route runner. He's a little bit like an Antonio Brown in his prime. Um, I just think there's there's a lot to like yeah, that's true. about this team. And that's not even assuming that they play in the NFC East, which they actually do. <laughs> so, Which we can get to. Let's take a look at the schedule. Let's see where it really... Because obviously this, this is a big... If there's one big signal that I think it's kind of glossed over by a lot of teams when you're looking at like futures predictions is literally the schedule is the schedule can dictate a lot um so starting and and that's where the tough part comes in here yeah so they started the season playing the chargers giants bills of falcons saints so first five games probably two and three three and two is probably what we're looking at there it's gonna be tough sledding i I mean see three and two i I mean i could and, and if they perform well like to your your point brett like they could go four and one. Um, then then it gets one. then it gets really tough. They play Chiefs, Packers, Broncos, Bucks. And they play mm-hmm. the Bucks right after mm-hmm. their bye. But I mean that that could be four losses. And, and because the teams that they could beat, like the Broncos, like match up very well style wise. So that's it's just yeah. gonna be a tough game. Um, but once we get past that, so after their bye, they play the Bucks. Then things get a little easier. They play the Panthers, Seahawks, Raiders, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. So once again, NFC East is backloaded all the teams from the division. Teams like the NFL did that on purpose for some reason. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, to, the last five games of the season, division opponents. I mean, and they play Cowboys with, you know, back back between Eagles and then Eagles, yep. you know, between Cowboys. 
Yeah, that's very, very bizarre. But they did this to the whole NFC East, and it's a very strange yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, for those who can't see the screen, again, Vegas estimated wins for Washington in 2021 is going is at eight wins. Uh, and the estimated strength of schedule is sixth. Super Bowl odds plus 5,000. Um, and so, yeah, this schedule is definitely the curveball. It's the wrinkle in the bullish narrative mm. for Washington uh, for sure. But I still like over eight wins. I like playoffs, yes, at plus 160-ish. I don't, but real um, quick, I don't think you even... Now, now, I think Washington's most likely to like navigate a tough schedule early compared to the other teams. But if they don't, and let's say they're sitting at four and five and they're in second place with Dallas, who, you know, whatever. You know, I think you can get a better playoff line at some point Probably. in the season. So I, especially as the schedule is so tough on the front half. So I don't think there's any point in betting this other, if you want to do the, you know, the wins over. I think that could make sense anticipating the back end of the season. But as far as playoffs go, might as well wait. I mean, if, if Cowboys start hot, I think they have a little bit of a softer schedule first half of the season. You know, maybe they have a two game lead in the division. Then you start buying the Washington uh, playoff odds at maybe plus 220, something in that range. Um, yeah. That's kind of kind of my schedule takeaway on that. It's gonna be tough, man. That, that opening schedule, man. Like they could be. This is actually a great. I mean, they're favored in four out of five. So, but this is a great spot for seeing if this team can like go, let's say four and five to start the season, anticipating that. Well, that's because they were had a tough schedule, but the market's gonna fade them now because they haven't lived up to the hype. Let's say, so that back half you could get a lot of potential value, when the market kind of leaves. Washington thinking they're not as good because they played a tough schedule. For sure. Definitely always hard to kind of play the the back and forth of trying to market time, that type of stuff. Um, especially, I mean, it's assuming that the market doesn't recognize that the second half, uh, the back half of the season is is much easier. I don't think than, they do. I don't the honestly half. don't think most people spend more than two minutes looking at the whole schedule for each team once i don't think they do. i don't so, think they do. but i think again like you got one of the best defensive lines in football uh, the secondary uh is also pretty strong um yeah Kendall fuller they signed william jackson the bengals uh, cam curl uh who was a rookie last year really outperformed expectations being a seventh round draft pick he played awesome uh landon collins was hurt a lot uh underperformed but he'll be back if he can kind of Reemerge um, as you know, and, and kind of perform in, in line with previous kind of performances from him. You know that would be a big boost. Uh, they improved the linebacking core. You know with their first round pick, uh, Jamin Davis, who you know I've been reading just a lot of positive things mm. about him, uh, and that the coaching staff is really hyped. Uh, brings a lot of athleticism and speed uh, to the middle of the field there, and then of course. The defensive line is just stacked you know easily the best defensive line in, in football uh so i don't see really any regression happening from the defensive line mm. and it seems like the defense in fact only got better 
over the offseason, at least on paper. So uh, it's going to be, you know, I just think there's a lot to like here. Of course, again, it's the NFL. It's football. <laughs> things can change. Injuries can happen. Um, you know, things of that sort. COVID can, you know, cause havoc. So many, so many different variables. But just when we're evaluating these teams as is on these kind of season previews, I feel like Washington is positioned most attractively moving forward into 21 to go over their win total, to win the division, make the playoffs. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I, I think I'm surprised actually that this Vegas estimated wins is not nine. So just from a tapping perspective, I yeah. think- the I mean, Cowboys nine and a half. Yeah, the, the number in Washington is definitely short. So just that in itself, I think you have some positive expected mm -hmm. value. Um, yeah, I mean, again, everyone is excited about the Cowboys in this division. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm excited about Washington, because I feel like they're like flying a little bit under the radar. Yeah, that might be good. I mean, honestly, from strictly a handicapping standpoint, because we do this to other people we listen to, is, you know, I think you shed a lot of light on my feelings that I can't really describe why they're there as to why they may not make sense and actually giving me more granular points to kind of potentially flip my perspective um, and not go on based on how I feel on a gut feeling and do more so based on, well, what's the argument? What are the, what are the, mm -hmm. the points that back up your feeling? Um, mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest takeaways is the fact that this team still won seven games, even though Dwayne Haskins started six or seven of the games over the course of the season. The fact that you and lost all of them, I think, I think except for one. Well, they probably should have won that Giants game that they came back and went for two. I mean, that you know. Well, and that's when Kyle Allen three. was playing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and against, I mean, ATS like they're big underdogs against like the top tier teams in the NFL. Yeah. But then they have a and, and short favorites against short, yeah. mediocre teams. Short favorite versus Panthers. Short favorite versus the Raiders. Short favorite versus Seahawks. Short favorite versus. The Eagles, short favorite versus the Giants, short favorite versus the Falcons and the Saints. Like, there's going to be a lot of uh, opportunity to bet hmm. Washington uh, this season. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, as we saw when we were previewing the Cowboys, like the market is just so out of whack when betting the Cowboys that I don't think that there's ever going to be like really a strong sentiment shift in. <laughs> And who's going to win that division? The Cowboys could be 0 and 4, and people are still going to keep, you know, over evaluating the Cowboys. Good point. Whereas, like we said, we saw with Washington, it seems like it doesn't matter what Washington does. The market's never going to get too high and stay too high on Washington. Yep, exactly. At least last year. All right, good stuff. So I think that wraps up uh, today's episode previewing the Washington football team for 2021. So be sure to like and subscribe. Check out Sportfolio Kings platform at portfoliokings.com. We're going to be releasing a bunch of really cool tools, market insights, market-oriented research, the type of stuff that you're not seeing at the Action Networks, at the PFFs, at the VSINs of the world. We're going to be really providing and originating some really unique sort of things out there to help you, again, be a better better to make better decision making uh, over the course of the 2021 betting season. Uh, so like we opened up with, you know, this ain't your daddy's sports betting. So uh, we're going to help you get out there you know, and really take your bookie 
uh, to the woodshed. And of course, as always, King me.